Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Good to see you. Come on, give yes. up for our online campus. So uh, if we have not been able to meet before, my name is Mike. This is my beautiful wife, Megan. Hi. Say. <laughs> Hello. Uh, uh, we're your family life pastors. Also, Megan also is our Stephen City uh, children's coordinator. Uh, so she works a lot with our kids ministry under our children's director, uh, Steph Simmons. But we're just uh, excited to come before you guys this morning. We have been married for almost eight years. Good job. You remember? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I had to think about that for a that moment. That was a test. <laughs> um, and we have two very handsome boys that we've been blessed They're with. Wild. They are very wild. Yes. So. They keep us young. Yeah. So, uh, but listen, we're just thankful for the opportunity to be able to share with you all this morning. Uh, we're just very appreciative of our senior pastors, Pastor John and Kristen, as well as all of our pastoral staff who have, right. um, they've invested in our marriage yeah. and really just kind of set the example of what it really means uh, to pursue God and what a God- godly marriage really looks like. Right. And so the vow that we get to dive into today is... Till death. Till death. Till death. You're stuck with me. Being faithful. (laughs) Being faithful to one another till death. And I just wanted to throw out a little disclaimer. If there are really young kids in here, he's kind of a loose cannon. (laughs) So I don't know what words may come out, but there's some mature topics that we'll be discussing. So if you're not quite ready for them to hear certain words, we invite you to... I just want to say some words Don't say it. Don't. Don't say it. Fornication. Okay, I got it out. All right. See what I said? We That's the cleanest one I'm about to take spend. advantage of our kids' ministry, and one of our ushers in the back will gladly show you where to go if that's something you want to take advantage of. Yeah, we, we have an amazing kids' ministry, yeah. uh, amazing team of volunteers yeah. um, who invest in your children and also in your family to help you right. live successful Christian lives. But hey, listen, before we dive in, uh, we're going to show you some footage from our wedding that I'm going to be honest, I have never seen before until like a week ago. I didn't even know Surprise. that this even existed. It's like a hidden treasure. Like the past, pastoral staff were like, oh, let's send in video. I was like, oh, we, we just have pictures. And then Meg was like, hey, what's this? My Uncle John recorded <laughs> it on his camcorder. So, so. enjoy. Yeah. videographer yeah. <laughs> if you're getting married. Hey, I just want to say you look more beautiful today than you did on our wedding day. Isn't that sweet? That's, you look the same. Thank you. That's a good thing. Oh my gosh. That's a good thing though. Like you haven't aged. Whoops. I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take it. Say so, <laughs> just for fun. Um, if you are married today or if you're in a relationship, how many of you guys are opposites? Like, cause you hear the saying opposites attract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're, yeah definitely. We're, we're definitely opposites. Yeah, I mean, we've got similarities. Like, we both enjoy the same movies and find things funny, but we are definitely just wired differently at our core. We're definitely opposite. Yeah, I am. Um, other than the ministry, I'm super laid back. Yeah. And I like to be very spontaneous and let's do this, let's do that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm very high strung. Yes. <laughs> Very panicky. <laughs> like, we, we get upset because I want to drive an hour to Krispy Kreme for donuts. Yeah, well, because he just spurs it on me. Like, 
one hour just for donuts when we have Dunkin' Donuts up the road. No, I don't know. Does anyone else same. understand what I'm saying? Like, is it, this is something you plan in advance. It's Krispy Kreme. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I think they understand where I'm coming from. Well, just maybe saying. some. I don't know. But I'm also, I love to talk about, like, feelings, and I love deep conversation. Like, how does that make you feel, Mike? Like, really getting in there. And you, I hate feelings. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like that at all. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's definitely been a learning curve, I would say. And we right. really learned a lot. And it's funny because... Uh, Pastor Ryan and Sarah, they brought, uh, you know, the love languages in last week. Megan is 100% words of affirmation, and I'm 100% not. No, you're not. (laughs) So many fights, so many tears have been like me begging you, just say something nice about me. How is it so hard? Just say something nice. You're rocking this outfit. I just got to say that. Okay, well, thank you. You've grown so much. I also Thanks picked the outfit out, but yeah, I have grown. <laughs> yes. uh, and I've been getting better, and we've really had to learn how to really communicate uh, yeah. over the years due to our, our differences. Yeah, it's been a long road, and I've grown a lot thanks to you. I'm not, like, nearly as anxious as I used to be, yep. so thank you. I'm learning to be spontaneous, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, it's all glory to God um, because it's really, it's been him that's really kind of driven us to really grow through the differences. Right. Um, you know, I'm really thankful how God has used you, uh, helped me overcome things like shame and guilt and insecurities and really kind of truly see myself as God has uh, called me to be. Um, and I firmly believe that God uses our differences. Do you believe that? Yeah, God uses definitely. our differences to help strengthen us and to grow us closer. The enemy wants to use our differences to divide us. God wants to use it to strengthen us. Yeah. And, and today we want to be able to focus. It's okay that we can be different in our relationships, uh, but that shouldn't stop us from being faithful to one another. Right. Um, and and we, we just really want to be able to dive into this. Um, you know, when, you, when we got married, I remember this, when we got married, like almost eight years ago, yeah. I, I never thought, I never comprehend the time between the, the day that we said our vows to one another and how long that would be unto death. <laughs> See, and I was like, happily ever after, yeah. yay! <laughs> like, I was just in the moment, yes, I, I love this woman. And, and these eight years, I'm, and I don't mean this as, as anything bad, but it's like, that, it's been, that eight years feels like we've been married longer. It really does. And I think it's because of the things that we've had to overcome and the things that we've been able to grow and the things that we've been able to experience and celebrate together right. because of that. And so um, I, I really believe that God has opened our eyes and we just really hope that today, you know, that we can be able to challenge whether you are in your marriage for how many, you've, you've definitely been married longer than us, or maybe you're just starting early stages in your marriage, or you're engaged, or maybe you're single today. Um, listen, I believe that, that today God wants to be able to speak to every one of us. Um, I want to read some statistics to you because here's the thing. I believe a healthy marriage, it isn't just going to land in your lap. It's going to be something that you're going to have to work towards. And I want to read some of these statistics to you because this is the culture that we are uh, living out our lives and and living in marriage and and, and trying to raise a a family in this culture. This is what's happening in just the U.S. alone. According to the CDC and Barna Group, there were over 780,000 divorces in the year of 2019. Now, that's pre-pandemic. Now, if you look back 10 years ago, divorces and, and marriage, uh, you know, they were, much, they were much higher. But if you look at this culture that we're, we're living in right now, less people are getting married. 
because of divorce, because they're coming from uh, a product of, of being from a divorced home. Uh, and what we're seeing is more than 50% of children in America's public school system live in single parent homes. More than 50%. So, yeah, so let those numbers sink in for a moment. Less people are getting married. Divorce is becoming more of an easy escape for people. And not people are ever really taking into account how, how much the divorce or the separation is really affecting the family home. And so we've seen because of unhealthiness being undealt with in the marriage and in the home, and with this help of the culture, less and less young people are having a healthy moral compass to understand what is morally right or what is morally wrong. Now, listen, I know today... Anytime that we're talking about marriage, this can be a sore spot for people because uh, you've gone through the hurt and you've gone through the pain of separation or divorce. And you know, some of you probably already started to tune out because we talked about this topic of marriage. Maybe you've experienced that hurt and pain of being a product of your parents separating or divorcing. You, so you had to grow up in a single parent home. Uh, maybe maybe you, you were like, I did everything I could to save my marriage. Or maybe you're on the other end, it's like, I'm the one that messed it up. Listen, today, it's not our heart to create uh, guilt or right. condemnation for what has happened in the past. Right. Today, our heart is to be able to build a healthier and stronger foundation on Jesus Christ for our future That's right. and for our, the generations to come. So a foundation that will be God-honoring and generation-changing. Right. So... Wherever you're at in life today, whatever circumstances, struggles, married, unmarried, single, dating, engaged, divorce, whatever, I believe that this message is for every one of us. Right. Because if we can learn how to be faithful, just as, just as God is relentlessly and constantly faithful to us. Right. So let's dive in. So what does it really mean to commit to somebody yeah. totally for life till death do us part. And I want to look at Genesis 2.24. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And if you look back at the Hebrew, the word united means ikad, which means completely joined. You did very good job saying that. I practice. <laughs> I practice saying that. Thank you. But that means completely joined as one. Yeah. And Jesus actually quoted this verse and added more to it later on in Matthew 19, 4 through 6. At the beginning, the creator made them male and female. He said, for this reason, the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. What God has joined together... Let no one separate. Yeah. Now, this all sounds really good. We hear this verse a lot when, when people are talking about marriage. But what does it mean to really live this out instead yeah. of just hear it? Yeah. And how do we live this out in a world that is so self-focused, so about us, so self-promotional? How do we live out a life that's selfless for our spouse, especially when this culture, you know, not only accepts divorce so much, but celebrates it? Yeah, that's good. And so we're, we're just going to be going through some notes with you. So if you want to follow in uh, through your app or you're just taking notes, uh, you can write these things down. Uh, but marriage is about a covenant, not a contract. Marriage right. is about a covenant, not a contract. Marriage is more than just a a piece of paper that you're signing. It, it, it's, it's a covenant before a holy God. And, and there, so there's a huge difference between yeah. contract and covenant. So what, what would be an example of a contract? Well, I, we've signed a lot of contracts being married, but our first contract was for that first apartment we lived in right after we were married. Oh, Remember I that? That place, that place yes. was awesome. It was a little tiny apartment on top of an accounting firm that we it, lived in. It had a bidet. Y'all. Well, that was weird. A really old. It was life changing. Well, 
I wouldn't I go never there. felt so clean. It was, that saying. was Mike's bathroom, and I just never went in it's there awesome. ever. <laughs> so that was kind of gross. But I wish I anyway, had the contract for that place was basically, you know, us reading and signing. We had to read every single word. Your mom worked for a law firm. Yep. So she's like, read every word. And, and it basically said as long as we paid our monthly rent on time and took care of the place and didn't trash it, we'd be good. But right. if we did anything to break this contract... You know, we're out on the streets. So the contract is based on mutual distrust. Right. Uh, It's saying that when two people, well, they'll only go as far until somebody wants to back out and therefore it ends. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I will only trust you until I don't. And a covenant, though, is completely different. Where a contract is based on mutual distrust, a covenant is based on mutual commitment. We are 100% with all of our being, we are committed to one another. Uh, the Hebrew word for, for covenant is barith, meaning a binding agreement. It's a binding agreement. If you um, ever have the chance to study the history of a covenant or a blood covenant, I would highly encourage you. It's going to open up your mind so much. Uh, but back in the day, in biblical times, uh, when somebody would t- enter a, a covenant, it means that we're going to make an unbroken promise. We're going to be in binding agreement with one another. Uh, and we would typically see there's several steps that they would have to take to enter into a covenant with one another. Now, what's neat is we see this now happening in uh, marriage ceremonies. These are things that happened back in the day, and it's actually some of the traditions that, that yeah. we keep in either a marriage ceremony or you see it happen at a reception. So one of the things that happens is the exchange of names. You know, back then, you know, if we were to enter a, a, a covenant with one another, we would, she would take on my last name, I would take on hers. Well, now it's, you know, for when somebody gets married, typically the, the wife will take on uh, the last name or add it on to her last name. I wish I took your last name because it would be so cool to be named as Mike O'Malley. I just think that would be O'Malley. awesome. I, you're still my O'Malley. Um, it, one of the other things that you see is the, the exchange of the rings. So that, that's where in the marriage so many, where it's like with this ring, I'd be wed, and, and we both take on rings. One of the other things that we saw was uh, a memorial meal. So a lot of times in a traditional marriage ceremony, what they would do is they would take part in communion with one another. Uh, one of the other things that we see as tradition is when the husband and the wife feed each other cake. And this was one of the things I told Megan. I was like, listen, I don't care how many of your family members or my family members say it, we are not smashing cake in our face. This is a covenant. Gosh darn it. And so it's like we're, every, everybody was saying, smash the face. I was like, nope. I was like, I was like, because it was serious. Like this was a covenant that we're entering in uh, with her. I wanted it to be special. Um, yeah. And you didn't want the cake in your face too. Right, no. But um, <laughs> one of the other things that we see is the mingling of blood. See, back then what would happen is the priest would take the, the, the man's hand and he would, he would make a, a slit, a cut into his hand and do the same thing with his wife. And they would, they would, bind their hands together with rope so that the blood could mingle together. Right. This, this, this would say it's like we're now becoming as one. We also see this on the wedding night when the virgin man and the virgin woman go to the hotel and get it on. And that, that's, I, I'm just being honest. So there, there's a shedding of the blood through sex. And if you really need me to explain it, like sex one-on-one with you, come see me after service. Um, email me, that's fine too. I'll, I'll happily explain that to you. Yeah. But, but this was a very holy and sacred moment because it wasn't just representing physically them becoming right. one, but spiritually they were becoming one flesh. That's right. And I think this is where our culture is really messing it up sometimes. Our culture is believing that, that you know, we take advantage of this gift of sex. Yeah. You know, we, we act out of things that was only supposed to be a gift within marriage. 
You know, when we have sex before marriage or we have sex with uh, multiple partners or it's like, hey, we're not having intercourse, but we're having uh, oral sex or doing other things, the sexual activity or watching pornography or, or, or masturbation. Those are things that are happening outside of what God's original gift and plan is. And yet we wonder why there's so much hurt in a relationship, pain you know, struggles and, and, and these circumstances that we're facing. That's not what God originally intended for us. Right. That's, right. that's, that's where it, it really messes up, you know, what, what God wants to really be sacred and holy with a man and a woman coming together, a husband and his wife, as one. That's right. So what's happening today? Well, people are doing merry things before they get married. Right, and this is really common. So I'll just like paint a picture. Here's a scenario, and you let me know if this is something that is really common today. So you've got two people. Mm -hmm. They start to like each other. They start to have sex. And then it's like, you know what? We've been together for a while. I love you. Why don't we move in together? Let's see if we're compatible for one another. We'll save some money. We'll move in together, and we'll get cute his and her towels and like a cute little couch and a dog or whatever. I don't know. So they're like living together. They're having sex, and and it's almost like they're practicing being married in a way. but not. But not married. Right, right, right. right. But then time goes on, and it's like, I don't really like living with you that much anymore. You kind of smell bad, and like, we don't get along anymore, and you're not giving me attention. But this guy at work is giving me attention. So the couple kind of decides, you know what? It's not working out. We gave it our best try. Let's just, we'll we'll call it quits. And it's easier to do that. We're not married, so we'll just split up, call it quits, go our separate ways. And then the cycle repeats itself again and again and again. And it's no wonder that divorce rates are so high when people tend to pretend to be married and then almost practice getting divorced when things don't work out. So then it becomes in marriage, it's like just going back to the old cycle that I was used to where things weren't working out. We tried, there's a lot of struggles. It's just going to be better if we just divorce and go our separate ways. And and that's not the way God intended relationships. It's not the way he intended marriage to be. And like we said, marriage isn't a contract. It's a covenant. It is a covenant. I am in 100%. From this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, I will be faithful to you as long as I live. Not as long as you're making me happy, mm-hmm. not as long as you hold up That's to your good. end of the bargain. I'm in 100%. Yeah. And Pastor Ryan and Sarah delivered such a great message last week. We've, we've heard them say it there. We've heard this at XO. Yep. Marriage is not 50-50. That's right. And that so contradicts what the world says about marriage. But it's 100-100, which means I'm giving 100 even if you're not giving 100%. And that's not easy, right? But we do this not because the church is telling us to, but because that's what God calls us to do. Because when we're faithful to our spouse, we're obedient to God. That's right. That's right. And and that's why marriage is a partnership. Marriage is about we, not me, okay? Every every one of us needs to understand this life is not about me. This life is not about you. This is not about, it's we, Right. It's, it's a partnership. And this is probably one of the greatest challenges that we will ever face. And not just in a marriage relationship. Right. Because here, again, we're talking about this. We're living in a very self-focused culture. Right. And, and I even see this happening a lot in, in, in the church. You know, not, 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 I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the church as a whole right. that we're seeing this kind of culture where we're going to church, you know, for what we can get out of it. Well, I'm just going to show up so, so that I can get fed, or I just want to hear this, or I don't want to hear that. I just want what I want. Right. And when we feel like we're getting what we want, well, then church doesn't really become so much of a priority anymore. Right. It's toxic. 
Yeah. And it doesn't help that, that social media is accelerating this kind of toxic culture. For, for adults, for our young people, it's toxic yeah. because it puts the focus on self. Because right. I remember when, when, when I got, first got married to Megan, um, I had no idea how hard it was going to be. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that I would have to bring in um, my, my past junk. I thought all that stuff was, was dealt with. And then coming into a marriage relationship, and there's things that she's saying, there's things that are doing, that for whatever reason, it, it's making me keep thinking about of my, the, my past struggles or my past guilt or, or my insecurities. Why is this right. happening? Right. And, then, and then you have kids, and it gets Gosh. even more difficult. Tired. Now you have to deal with all those things and still be exhausted. Always tired. <laughs> it, marriage right. has been very difficult, but it's because this is a relationship that, you know, we fought right. not to stay down and not to give up. And I'll be honest with you. There's times I wanted to give up, not because Megan was difficult to be married to, but because I was deeply insecure and I was deeply carrying the, the shames and my burdens. And I said, you know what? I, it, it'll be easier for Megan and the kids to move on without me and let me stay here in my junk. But she wouldn't allow that to happen. She fought for me. She, she kept fighting for this marriage. Not because it was about me, not, not because it was about her, because she didn't want to be this single mom with, with, with two kids. It, no, she was fighting because this is what God has ordained for us to be together and to fight. Even when one person wasn't willing to fight in the moment, somebody was. And because somebody was willing to fight, I was able to get my courage back and get strength and with the help of counseling and many, many, many hard, difficult conversations we, we've been able to overcome yeah. so that when, when no matter what struggles may come, we can learn it. We can still fight. See, that's the power of we. Right. Because we're not alone in this. Right. If, you're, if you're in a relationship right now and you feel like one of the other spouses has quit, don't give up. That's right. Fight for what God has given you. Fight for what God has called for you. Fight for what God has promised for you. As hard as it is, as difficult as it is, as long as the fight takes, you keep fighting because that is what God is fighting for. That's right. In the darkest of valleys, we have to learn and lean on God's strength. Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Right. We we have to remove this notion. I'm, I'm about to get on a soapbox here. You know, we have to remove this notion that we're just going to pray harder. We're going to follow these, these three easy step checklists to overcome what, 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 our, what our struggles are. Because here's the thing. Some of these simple steps that we're taking isn't going to get to the real deeper issue within ourselves. We, ha- we, have, to, we, we have to look at this beyond, oh, I'm just going to improve my marriage or, or, hey, how can I make life easier? That's not the focal right. point. Because God didn't design our, 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 our marriage or our lives to pursue happiness. That's right. God designed marriage to make us more holy because God is holy. Yeah. God made marriage accessible to us to truly design us to be more a reflection of who he is. Right. And so it's not about our selfish wants and our needs. Because if we can be honest with each other, if, if, if we can personally experience giving God everything, there is no other experience like it. One of the books that we read in our marriage that's really helped us a lot was called Sacred Marriage by by, uh, Gary Thomas. And one of the quotes says this, the key question is this, will we approach marriage from a God-centered view or a man-centered view? 
In comforts, desires, and expectations, oh, sorry, in a man-centered view, we will maintain our marriage as long as our earthly comforts, desires, and expectations are met. In a God-centered view, we preserve our marriage because it brings glory to God and points a sinful world to a reconciling creator. Listen, we are going to experience difficult times. How many of us in this room and now watching online, you've experienced struggles? God never said that you weren't going to experience struggles. We, so many times I think we, 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 we get selective reading to the Bible. Um, and I think Christians have such a really hard time when we face struggles and pains more than unbelievers because we look at the promises of God and think that God loves us so much that our lives should just be happy and joyful and successful. No, we're still going to face struggles. Right. There's so many times in the Bible where it talks about you're going to face trials. You're going to face struggles. Do not give up. That's Jesus said himself, 1633 of, of John, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So please know that whatever pain or struggle that you're going through today, it, individually, in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, that's not your enemy. But your unwillingness to face it head on is going to be your greatest danger. Don't look for some cheap exit or quick escape to... to uh, get out whatever struggle that you're in. Don't short root what could be your long-term game. One, one of my struggles was pornography. And, and that was an escape for me and it became an addiction. And, and, and th- those are the things I kept pursuing when times got stressful, when times got hard. And it was a way for me not to deal with those things. And it was easier for me to choose that than to actually face the real issue. But praise God, that's not who I am anymore. We've overcome together. I'm set free. I believe that firmly. And it's every day that glory to God. But, but somebody was saying, we're not taking the short road. Somebody said, we're not, no, we, we got, we got to face this head on. So how you choose to respond to your situations will demonstrate if you're living for God's kingdom or for your own comfort and even reputation. I heard someone say once, marriage isn't measured by your feelings, but it's measured by your commitment. Yeah. It's not measured by your feelings because feelings fade. It's That's measured good. by your level of commitment, which should never fade. I want to read another scripture, Hebrew, I'm sorry, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Could you imagine if Jesus didn't go through the crucifixion because he didn't feel like it, which I'm sure he didn't feel like it? Where would we be? Where would that leave us? But no, he pushed through his feelings and did this for us. And there will be times, there's a lot of times in marriage when I don't feel like it. When I don't feel like loving you, I don't feel like forgiving you, I don't feel like working through these things, but I have to push through what I'm feeling. That's right. And there's no other area in our life where we can just get away with saying, I don't feel like it. There's no other area where that works. You can't say, I don't feel like feeding the baby today. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like paying taxes, Good which luck. I wish was true. It won't work. You can try. We have to push through our feelings in marriage and understand that it's not me- our marriage isn't measured by our feelings, but our commitment for one another. Yeah. 
When you're married, you're in a covenant together. And feelings will follow our commitment when we stay committed. And not that it's wrong to have your feelings hurt. Not that it's wrong to have struggles. Believe me, I know all about feelings. I'm the queen of feelings, okay? And having feelings is not wrong. But it's when we base our actions, our words, our decisions on what we're feeling that can lead us into trouble. And I know that there are some people in this room who are thinking, I'm not happy, and I haven't been happy for a while. It feels like I married somebody different. It's not the same person. And I understand that some people are in a really difficult situation, and you're living with someone who's really difficult to live with. But I want to encourage you, just because you don't feel love right now for that person, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Yeah. Another quote from Sacred Marriage, it's a really good book, I want to encourage you to check that out, but um, this quote really slapped me in the face a little bit. It says, if you want to be free to serve Jesus, there's no question, stay single. Marriage takes a lot of time. But if you want to become more like Jesus, I can't imagine any better thing to do than to get married. Being married forces you to face some character issues you'd never have to face otherwise. That really hit me because there was a lot of character issues that I had and that I brought into this marriage. And, and I was faced with the choice, you know, if I was single, I wouldn't have had to deal with these things. But because I'm living with this person day in and day out, these things are going to come to the surface. And am I going to run from them? Yeah. Am I just going to get offended and shut down when they're brought up? That's am good. I going to blame you for all these issues that I have? Or am I going to work through them and in doing so become more Christ-like? Yeah, yeah. Our purpose in life is to serve and to glorify God. Right. As, as we parent, uh, in our careers, in, in school, how we interact with friends and family and in our marriages. Right. That's the commitment of following Jesus. This isn't just about how to have a healthy marriage. It's how to live a life that honors and pleases God. That's right. And that's what it's all about. Marriage is about bringing glory to God. I remember another EXO conference that we were at. Uh, one of the pastors said, it's, whatever your struggle is, whatever, whatever trauma or hurt you just experience, it's a platform for that's God's right. glory. That's right. So whatever it is, no, this is an opportunity to glorify God in this moment, in this season in this darkest valley that you're going through. This is the example that God has set for us. In 1 John 4, 9 to 10, it backs up, you know, this covenant that God has made with us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Look at this verse again. God is always faithful because of the covenant that he has bound with us through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. See, God knew that we could not enter into a covenant, a binding agreement with him because we are sinful and selfish people. God took both ends of the covenant and ours and made it complete through the blood of Jesus. That's why... God's not done with you the first time, the second time, the hundredth time, the millionth time that you've messed up. God God is still faithful to us. God still loves us unconditionally. As hard as it is for us to love ourselves, 
That's why every time we run from God, he's still there waiting and ready to embrace us. He's still faithful to accept us just as he created us, just as he called us to be, still calls us by name. So today, look beyond your marriage. Are you faithfully living and serving in obedience to God? Are you loving God more than you were than yesterday? The ultimate goal and our purposes on this earth is not to just get married and live happily ever after. But how can we reflect him more? How can we be more a reflection of him to our family, to other families, to friends, to, to, to our, our culture and our community and to our world? Are we being an example of that? I'll be honest, Megan and I, there are times we still struggle. But we're not, we are not who we are, who we were before. It's because of God's grace and God's love. Because we had to take the focus of our, off of ourselves and put it onto God. The more that we do that, less focus becomes on our shortcomings or our partner's shortcomings or their failures or my failures, but all becomes on God. So build your, your marriage on this foundation of faithfulness. Remaining faithful to your spouse means that you're putting your hope in something that you might not even see right now in your spouse. But that's what faith is, trusting in what we can't see yet. Even when you feel like there's no hope, there is hope. We sang it this morning. All three of our songs pointed to a God who does miracles, and there is hope in him. There is hope for you. There is hope for your spouse. There's hope for that lost family member. When all seems lost, there is still hope. That's right. And if you're here today, maybe you've experienced trauma in your marriage, maybe trauma being from unfaithfulness or deceit or hurt, you can find healing. You can find forgiveness. There is hope for your marriage because our hope isn't found in each other. It's not found in anyone here. Our hope is found in Christ and in Christ alone. And with God, all things are possible. That's right. Listen, your commitment will carry you through. I I keep looking back at 1 Corinthians 13. I remember when we read that at at, uh, the day that we got married and and those, those vows that we made. It says, love does not give up. Love does not give up. And I want to encourage us today, the more that you love God, the more capacity that you will have to love one another. But you have to fight to grow your capacity. You can't give up on that. Even when somebody else has, you choose not to give up. So refuse to give up for one another because the God of the universe did not give up on you. Can you pray with us? Heavenly Father, we we thank you. And we love you, God. God, we come before you with our shortcomings, with our failures, God, with our sin. God, we are not perfect, but you are. And so God, I pray for everybody that's watching online right now, everybody that's joining us in person, Lord. The things that aren't of you, that's hindering growth, the things that we have refused to let go of, either by pride or by fear. Maybe that's what's making us to attack our loved ones. God, can we just recognize that that is not of you? 
Lord, we want to, we want to experience this unconditional love and, and this faithfulness that you have for us, God. But we need to be able to let go of things of ourselves so that we can carry and, and keep that hope that's only found in you. To keep this faith, even when times get tough, even when we can't see the outcome, that we will still choose to remain faithful because God, you are faithful. That we shift our eyes and our perspective, God, of a covenant with one another. We are bound to each other by the power and the authority of God. So Father, we pray for every one of those that's hurting right now. Everyone that's carrying something for those that are being unwilling to to see the issues, God. We pray for your mighty power and glory to be revealed and to do only what you can do, God. We love you, Father. And we pray all this in your great and mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.